Hey everybody, thank you for coming in today. Today we're going to be talking about the attributes of leaders. And our special guest for our spiritual discussion will be Fetuao Tapasa. My name is Joseph Smith. This is The Joseph Smith Show. Okay, so a prime example that we all should hold close to our hearts as Americans is the leadership that was exemplified by General George Washington. In taking the generalship of the Continental Army, George Washington made his life forfeit in the eyes of the British law. His He would have been hung until almost dead. His entrails would have been spilled out of his body. He would have been dismembered and dragged to the streets by rope behind a horse. And then his members would be put on pikes to be shown in public as an example. George Washington shows his first characteristic as an effective leader, that being sacrifice. He shows a second necessary trait of an effective leader when, after taking the commission of general, he stopped by a bookstore and purchased a copy of William Young's Maneuvers or Practical Observations on the Art of War, or in regular English, War for Dummies. <laughs> he shows his second most necessary one of the most necessary traits of an effective leader, and that is humility. He knows that he does not have the answers, and he knows that he needs help. He knows that he is outgunned, outmanned, and 100% outskilled. So he decides to up his game on the skill part by, by better educating himself. George Washington shows another vital leadership attribute. After the Revolutionary War was over, and as the Continental Army held victory on the horizon against the British, Congress was broke. Consequently, they stopped paying the soldiers to save money. The soldiers were outraged at all levels of command, and mutiny had even begun to um, take effect within the ranks. And the order and independence that these men and George Washington had fought for for the last eight years was now in jeopardy of being taken over by a coup. The soldiers instead counted on George Washington standing against Congress with them and even debated crowning George Washington king. A meeting was called to address what action should be taken against the Congress. Unexpectedly, George Washington showed up. He was not supposed to. It was just common knowledge that he would stand with his men because he was a soldier's man. He took the floor from one of the other generals and explained to his men that what they had fought for this whole time, the time away from their families, the lives lost, it would have all been for nothing if they were to break now. The iron fist, the iron fisted George Washington that he had been for the last eight years now disappointed them and shows his vulnerability by saying, quote, gentlemen, you will permit me to put on my spectacles for I have not only grown gray, but almost blind in the service of my country. Unquote. George Washington had always been a source of strength and a rock, almost invincible, if you will, in the eyes of his men. But now he shows that he is just an old regular guy, soldier just like them, that has been fighting for freedom for the last eight years alongside with them. George Washington does not want to be king. He doesn't want to be king by force, especially. And he could have taken the crown if he wanted. At this time, George Washington was arguably the most powerful man in the Western Hemisphere. But all he wanted to do was go home and end the war that he had grown old in. He shows his temperance. Temperance is that third vital attribute of an effective leader. Okay, and now for our spiritual discussion, we've brought on a special guest, Fetuau Tup. <laughs> I'm going to screw it up. You go ahead. No, okay. Fetuau Tapasaw. Tapasaw. Okay. okay. Yeah. So Fet is uh, on our student council at my high school. Are you on exec? Mm -hmm. She's on, on our exec student council. So she's awesome. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Appreciate it. So, All right. 
okay. She came to me at school. She's like, when am I going to be on the podcast? And I was like, this week. She's like, oh. <laughs> you know, it, it was a little soon, but I think it's fine. Okay. I think it's fine. <laughs> okay. So we've been talking about um, attributes of effective leaders, mm-hmm. or at least I've been talking about them. And okay. um, what's in it, what is an example that you see of Jesus being humble, of Jesus showing his humility? When you first asked me this question, I immediately thought of his baptism because you got to think of it. He was already perfect. He was already extremely like perfect. He, everyone knew he was perfect. He knew he was perfect and he was made in the image of God, but he still was baptized to show us to be the perfect example, to be the perfect leader. Yeah. He, he had to be baptized because Jesus was sent here to go through like the plan, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in our church, in our faith, we call it the plan of salvation. Jesus came here to show all of us that we that nobody was above this plan that he would go through it and that he was not willing to command us to do anything that he wouldn't do himself right that's a great that is also an attribute of a leader you don't mm-hmm. tell people to do things you want to do yourself so that's awesome yeah. very that's humble great. and it was a very humble baptism for sure yeah thousand percent and i um what's it called i think that if oh goodness gracious our name is i wrote it down it is humble yourself so he can lift you up so you can lift others up yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. He, he, he knows our levels. Jesus for sure. Definitely knows like the lowest of the low mm-hmm. so that he can bring us up. It's a quote by Jeffrey R. Holland that I'm thinking of where he says, there is no depth or chasm that you can fall into. I'm butchering it, but where Jesus can't lift you out of, but anyways, yeah. Um, so one example of his humility that just kind of came into my mind was when he washed his apostles feet right he's he's their he was their teacher their rabbi they'd call him and and he's this guy that literally can feed thousands out of literally no food almost mm-hmm. well, not literally but almost no oh, food yeah. and he says hey let me wash your guys's feet you know and i think yeah. that's just awesome you know for a, for the most powerful man in the universe mm-hmm. to come and say, let me wash your feet, which is an act back then of great humility. I agree. To go along with that, there's, it's all over social media. I know you don't have it, but on Instagram, (laughs) sorry, on on Instagram, there's this like painting of Jesus um, washing people's feet. And it's like all different sorts of people. There's firefighters, police officers, children, old people, like homeless, all those things. And it just really puts into perspective, like he he was willing to wash anybody's feet. He's willing to do anything for anyone so that they can be lifted up. That's awesome. And so I love that visual. That's great. I'll show you. I'll have to. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Speaking of Instagram, go follow the Joseph Smith show Instagram, which has just been created. You have Instagram. No, no, no. My sister's running it. Oh, no way. Okay. Okay. So talk about humility what sacrifices has jesus made for us individually and what are their depths what does it mean what do those sacrifices mean for us of course Um, outside of him dying okay all right oh that's because that's a huge one unless you want to go that one um we can go to any of them but i i feel like we could start with that one as a jumping off point maybe Okay. okay um when i first looked it up when well when you first asked me the questions i that's the one I thought of because that's kind right because like that's the biggest, the biggest one, one. Yeah. that is the most important one yeah like he died for us and he is the great and last sacrifice Alma 34 14 I went and looked these up okay this is from the Book um, of Mormon yes um and then the 
Down Age Oaks General Conference of April 2012 said, Jesus Christ endured incomprehensible suffering to make himself a sacrifice for the sins of all. So when you asked me the depths of it, I was thinking to myself, well, I don't really understand the depths because he did so much for us. Like You really can't understand. Yeah, we can't really comprehend just how far it yeah. goes. Um, I think of Moses, when Moses saw all of the worlds, all of these creations of Heavenly Father without number, right? Mm-hmm. Moses says, wow, I am truly nothing. Like he is one of the few people to almost comprehend yeah. the extent of the mm-hmm. creations of God. And that's how I think that that's how the um, sacrifice of Jesus's life could be is for us because he died for billions, trillions, all these, all kinds mm-hmm. of different creations. And I think that it's uh, the magnitude we will never be able to understand or be worthy of, but that's the grace of Christ that yeah. we get to, that we get to have as a gift and we can never repay him for that. And that is a huge thing. Mm-hmm. So agree. <laughs> um, yeah, hundred um, percent. I mean, in that day, a sacrifice that comes to my mind, he had to, he sacrificed um, the safety of his own apostles, which is it's which is kind of interesting for a leader like Jesus. He in that time, the Pharisees. <laughs> I think of there. There's a encounter that he has with his apostles. You know when Jesus come, calls all of his apostles to him, and he says, "You know things aren't as fun as they used to be. You know mm-hmm. we're not being welcomed into cities. They're trying to kill us now. Are yeah. you guys going to leave me too?" And I think it was Peter bears his testimony and says, "We got nowhere to go." You are the light in life. We are trapped here on earth without the saving grace of you. And there's, but what I think is amazing that even after Jesus sacrifices really his apostles' safety because of just who he was, even his apostles, his loyal followers said, you know what? We wouldn't be put in any other danger than this one. This is the most important one. You know, it's crazy too. Well, it's honestly, it's not crazy because they knew, they had strong faith in what they believed in was that they were willing to sacrifice their lives for the gospel as well. Like they stepped away from their families, from their friends to go follow. And they the end up do Christ. sacrificing their, li- their yeah. lives. Yeah. Well, eventually, eventually yeah. yes, of course. And it's also wonderful to see like the leaders of our church, they sacrificed a lot of time, a lot of energy to to talk about what they believe in and try to help others come into Christ. And it's, Honestly, it's really inspiring because they believe so much in the gospel and the plan of salvation that they're willing to pretty much give up their worldly life to help others come unto Christ. Yeah. I think in that perspective. Dallin H. Oaks in particular, he uh, he had, he was on the road to become a Supreme Court justice. I don't know if you knew that. He was a really? big time, really big yeah. lawyer guy. <laughs> and wow. he gave that up for to become a leader of our yeah. church. But anyways it's, it's crazy how they like they were all or the amount of traveling mm-hmm. yeah what i the one that i this the was, you made me think of the death of the apostles but <laughs> one of the the one apostle that i think of is which was the most uh hard-hitting for me is peter's you know he was hung he was crucified upside down because he told the romans i'm not worthy to be crucified in the same way that jesus was he says Dang. i don't i'm not worthy of the same punishment and that's how humble he was and so ready to sacrifice his life like awesome anyways (laughs) um so we've talked about sacrifices and humility when is it that jesus shows temperance or restraint okay 
when you first asked me what temperance was, I had no idea what it was. So I asked Google. <laughs> awesome. And for everyone else who doesn't know, it's the quality of moderate or moderation. Wait, okay, hold on. Quality of moderation or self-restraint. Mm-hmm. So it depends on how you look at it. Okay. Let's hear it. What do you got? Um, he was, okay, go back to humbling. Okay. He had enough self-restraint to not gloat about how awesome he was, how perfect he was. Like, Perfect. We all know someone in our life where they kind of self-glorify and they're like, oh, look at me. I'm all this. I'm all that. He he really was all that. Like, he was him. And he <laughs> and he didn't act like it. Jesus was the him. <laughs> no, he was the original him, I swear. So Jesus was the most, right? There's the encounter, of, the encounter that he has with Satan mm-hmm. where he's taken to the top of a building and, he's, and Satan asks him, turn, turn this rock into bread right Mm -hmm. and he does saying ask him do all these things that everybody knows jesus can do Mm -hmm. and jesus says i don't have to do it because i don't have to do it i don't have i'm not going to do what you ask because you're commanding me to do it you're not my master and that's an ultimate form of restraint like there was so many times when people say hey do this for me or in the book of mormon especially show us a sign yeah by the power of jesus or the holy ghost and and there was many times in the new testament where jesus says it is by faith that you will be saved, not my example. There's plenty of plenty of examples oh, of his yeah. miracles, of so many miracles. Like we don't need science. Jesus is big deal. Um, yeah, so much restraint. <laughs> there were so many times when Jesus could say, you know, boom, lightning bolt. Yeah. But <laughs> he know? did it because he had that restraint. He had that right. temperance. And I think that really stemmed from love. Mm-hmm. I think that his temperance was a form of his love where – even if his apostles disappointed him, which was many times. And yeah. Jesus would be like, oh, you have little faith or, yeah. oh, when will you understand? And Jesus would show his restraint and love. It would immediately yeah. turn into love and a teaching moment yeah. to, t- to teach his apostles some important truth in his new gospel that yeah. he was bringing to the earth. Um, so what are some other leadership attributes that – jesus had that you find in the scriptures you find in the scriptures um i looked this up as well and i found alma 13 28 and it was attributes of jesus christ and trying to be like jesus i have it so it says but that you would humble yourselves before the lord and call on his holy name and watch and pray continually that you may not be tempted above that which he can bear, and thus be led by the Holy Spirit, becoming humble, meek, submissive, patient, full of love, and all long suffering. So mainly just the last part. Yeah, um, read those off again, those last okay. things. Humble, meek, submissive, patient, full of love, and all long suffering. Um I to oh my goodness, I messed up two in a row. Sorry. No, <laughs> you're fine. Let's go. It's um you gotta be humble. Like that's the thing about a leader. You want a humble leader who's willing to do what they're asking of you. So it's kind of like being a hypocrite, you know? You can't have ask someone to, hey, can you go and do this? But I'm not willing to do that for you. We go do this because I don't wanna. Yeah, like that's not that's not gonna work. That's not gonna fly. They'll they'll not want to help you anymore. Exactly towards your goal george washington going back to his example he would he would go to the front of the lines and he'd say we're going right now Mm -hmm. we're going to go do this and i'm going to be right next to you beside Mm -hmm. you and that's why his men trusted Mm -hmm. him so much um humility is such a big big deal yeah Yeah. um then for uh, i'm just going to skip a couple to being patient if you're 
going to be a hothead while you're trying to teach someone something, they're not going to want to learn from you. Like you if go. you're quick to anger, they're not going to be able to take a lesson from it because all they're going to see is your anger. So you have to be patient and say, hey, like you can do it. It's all right. You can take your time. You're still learning. Yeah. And you got to kind of not like cradle them. Is that how the term? Like you don't cradle them, yeah, but it, like semi. You take them under your wing and you yeah, 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 yeah. Help them out. Right. I'd see this in football <laughs> on our team. Mm-hmm. When somebody doesn't understand mm-hmm. something, mm-hmm. let's take a play, for example, on okay, offense. We're okay. running a play. They don't know what their route is. Mm-hmm. And often the immediate response is, you idiot, get off the field and let somebody get in that position that knows what they're doing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's, that, that's, that's, so the, that's usually the immediate reaction. And yeah. I, I wish that more often, and I, I do my best, I, I mm-hmm. am sorry to say that I don't do it as much as often as I should, and I'm more often on the other side of the issue but i wish there was more of hey that's okay let's come over here let let someone else run it and we can and you can watch and we can talk about this and you so that you know for next time you know because that's that's building right Mm -hmm. before that's what we call a put down where Mm -hmm. you're pulling somebody down and saying you know what you don't deserve this get out right that's not building that's not patient like what you're saying and patience really coincides with with full of love as well and i'll let you Go ahead with full of love. No, you're good. Um, well, for full of love, I feel like I think it's easier to learn from someone who's wanting you to learn and has that um, yearning want for you to do it in their heart. So there's if there's a random teacher trying to teach me something and they don't really have my best interests at heart, they're you know trying to just get the lesson done. I'm not going to learn as well as say I'll have I'm having my mom teach me something and she's like I have your best interests at heart. I want you to learn this. And I think as a leader, you really are wanting for the people, not people under you, but the people beside you to learn and to grow. And you're wanting what's best for them as a whole. Yeah, exactly. um, I'll go back to George Washington because he's just (laughs) such a great example for all of these. He he was always, uh, he's full of love. But you know what? I'm going to use one of our teachers at our school, um, Coach Ward. Mr. Mm-hmm. Ward. I don't know if you ever took Spanish. Oh, I did. Yep. Yeah. It was and interesting. <laughs> <laughs> the, that first month, really the first month, Coach Ward, we call him Coach Ward. Mr. Ward's a Spanish teacher and he is, he is defined as a hard A. Like he is, he does, he does not slow down. And if you're left behind, you're getting left behind. And, oh, uh-huh. and, but in that first month, that's really how it is. But then you get into the swing of things and you find that really it's not about him wanting to just be super effective and get through lessons as quickly mm-hmm. as possible. It was, he really cared that you learned. Yeah. And that's why he held you accountable to such a high mm-hmm. level. And that's why he wanted you to be the best kind of person that you could be in his class. Yeah. And that was, and that to me is a form of being full of love because he truly does love each yeah. and every one of the kids in his class. Yeah. It was just a different way. Yeah. It's he just different forms way. a very special relationship with every kid huh. in his class. So, I, all right. I like that. So last question. Okay. Before the end of the show, okay. how are we to become a leader like Jesus Christ or George Washington or Coach Ward or, 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 or the leaders in our church? Um, you you go first. Why put my thoughts together? All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so, in becoming leaders, we have many examples throughout years and mm-hmm. within our church centuries that of apostles, prophets in the scriptures, and leaders in history of great men and women who have done amazing things. And I think that if we are to become 
leaders. One, we have to be willing to help mm-hmm. in any instance for any reason for mm-hmm. anyone. Yeah. Right. 100%. As long as the reason is good. Oh yeah. I suppose. True. True. <laughs> and so, and um, I would think about. I want to. I want to. My grandfather. Mm-hmm. My grandfather was always. He's kind of, he was very intimidating from when I was a little boy. I was scared out of my mind of my grandfather. Okay. But my what I loved was he didn't have we he loved to shoot and we went shooting one day, okay. guns mm-hmm. and it was my first time. I was like six or something like that, and I had no idea what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And my grandfather, you know, I'm afraid of this big, tall, six <laughs> two white guy that's you know, got wrinkles and whatnot. And yeah, he yeah. takes me under his arm, he says, and he teaches me how to do this in such a gentle way that I was just not used to. Mm-hmm. And he was, and he was such a leader in our family. Like everything that he said, it, it went, mm-hmm. whatever Grampy said, we we're doing. Mm-hmm. And he was so, he was very successful, successful as well. Mm-hmm. And he was so humble and generous and he was always willing to help anybody donating money or just taking his six-year-old grandson under his wing and teaching him a simple thing to do and becoming a leader i think is being willing to go down not not necessarily go down but go to that one person that maybe doesn't understand or maybe that's a little awkward and help them even though it might be hard because they don't understand or maybe they're they're a little challenged but not putting yourself above anybody because everybody needs your help I love that. Um, so I have some quotes, and it was called The Unchanging Principles of Leadership from April of 1971 from Wendell J. Ashton. So this was long before time, and he's talking to priesthood holders, but I feel like everyone can learn from this. Um, some of the quotes said, learn how to lead beginning with yourself. Stand on your own feet. Stand tall. Hold your heads high as though you are truly sons and daughters of God, which you are. And so I think to tie back to your grandfather, who is had such a huge role in your life, he, he stood tall, he kept his head high, and he was humble enough to help all those around him. And I find that, I think that's awesome. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then awesome. another quote I had from these same things, farther on, this one's a bit longer, move on the good earth as though you are partners of the Lord in helping to bring immortality and eternal life to mankind, which you are. Walk quietly as in stocking feet, but walk fearlessly in faith. Don't let the ill wind sway you. Walk as leaders with the priesthood in the government of God. Walk with hands ready to help, with hearts full of love for your fellow men, but walk with the toughness and righteousness. There you go. So I I just really like that one. It's finding just being <laughs> being a rock and it sounds like the best yeah. way to become a leader yeah. is to lead by example which was, I think, Jesus's ministry was a whole lot of example. Mm-hmm. I agree. Lots and, of sacrifice, hum- yeah. just being absolutely humble and yeah. submissive to yeah. just show other people things aren't as bad as they can be. Yeah. And you know, it's, rock. it's awesome because this was written in 1971. It's what, t- 2023 right now? Mm-hmm. 50, no, that's like 52 yeah, years, 52 years later. And it's still, it's still valuable. Right. Yeah. And so that was awesome. I also looked up some quotes and, um, so at the beginning of this year, I was not a volleyball captain. So I was going to my senior year thinking I did all the right things. And 
I was talking to my family about it, and I said, well, I feel like I'm a good leader, and I feel like I help others, right? And it just made me so upset to not have that title. But later on, I realized it's really not about the title. It's that you're still working towards that goal as a team. And it took me a, like a couple of days to realize that. But at some point, it just it didn't really matter to me anymore. And I said, okay, well, I'm still going to look out for my teammates as if I were. So it's, you don't have to worry about the title. You just have to work towards the goal. Yeah, it's not about your position. There's always good yeah. to do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Awesome. Well, right. I want to thank Fetu for coming onto the show today. You did awesome. And mm-hmm. and I hope that all of you <laughs> Oh yeah, that's that's fine because we got a lot of content in and it's great. And there being a leader, you know, we're both sub eighteen. Sub eighteen, yeah. And Couple so, four months. So we're both sub eighteen and there's there hasn't been a lot of room as there you know, we're not it's not like we're leaders of people. Oh, right? No. But no. being a leader is something that is within it has the capacity to be a leader is within every person here on oh, earth. Oh, I 100 agree. Yeah. And I do not. I I hope that this episode that here with Fetu on the show has helps display at least some attributes that maybe you can find in yourselves, you listeners, that you can find in yourself to maybe better magnify just that you want to, so that you can be a better leader yeah. and understand that it's okay. That's a, that's a good thing to do. Yeah. So, And it might take a while to come out of that shell, but you can do it eventually. There you go. Yeah. So awesome. Well, thank you, Fat too. Of course. Thanks, Joe Mac. <laughs> Appreciate it. Awesome. Okay. Thank you guys so much for listening. Please make sure to join us next week, Monday at 7 a.m. for our new episode of The Joseph Smith Show. If you want to be a guest and you're listening at my school and you know who I am, just ask me or send up an email or whatever and we'll get you onto the show. Thank you so much for listening and um, I hope you guys enjoyed. See you guys next week.